The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hold your station, this education is relevant. The motivation through conversation is evident. We talk in spiritual body, mind, development. This is the manhood experiment. The manhood experiment. The manhood experiment. All right, in this episode, we want to talk a little bit about self-esteem, the benefits, you know, how do you know if you have self-esteem and, you know, just ways to improve your self-esteem. So we always think self-esteem is something, oh, uh, it's it's for kids, you know, it's really for kids. And um, I already have self-esteem. Um, but it's one of those underlying things that we never really dive, d- dive deep into and really never assess how much self-esteem we have. And and how ways we could actually grow it. So I, I like to start off with the definition of self-esteem. You know, think about, and for me, there's all these definitions. It's uh, in books, in in motivational uh, speakers, they talk about self-esteem as it's, and the definition is a realistic appreciation and opinion of oneself, which is 100% accurate. Having the beliefs of the type of person you are what you can do, your strengths, your weaknesses, and your expectations of the future. I'll repeat that. Having the beliefs on the type of person you are, what you can do, your strengths, your weaknesses, and your expectations of the future. That sort of is the, is the um, textbook uh, uh, description of uh, self-esteem. And for me... How I look at self-esteem is think about someone you know. You either have high regard for this person or you have uh or you think poorly of this person, right? Now replace that person that you think of that you have high regard or low regard with with yourself. That is mm. how you would view uh, that is basically self-esteem. You replace that person with yourself. And it's hard to when you it's so easy to look at someone and you think of you think great of them or you think low of them but it's really hard to have that ex- that external compass look within yourself so that's why I, I i like to look at it like that um so on the definition of self-esteem it sits between self-defeating shame and if and so self-esteem think about this it's self-esteem is in the middle and on the left side is self-defeating shame uh, that's beliefs that you're less than human, you're you're underappreciated. And on the other side of the spectrum is self-defeating pride. That's where the arrogance and narcissism is, you know. Mm-hmm. So people with self-esteem, they believe they're neither more nor less human. They can coexist being aware of their imperfections, you know, um, and they still see the goodness and potential in themselves. Um so with that, you know, how would you guys look at self-esteem? Just really quickly, how would you guys Based define on that, your own self-esteem? Yeah. On that scale of 
one, you just feel very poorly of yourself. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you feel like uh, Donald Trump or Diddy-level yeah. confidence. I say I'm like a maybe a seven. I'm not a narcissist. At the, right. I don't. I don't believe I am, but I do have enough confidence in me to where, if I never tried something before, I'll go for it anyway. Even if I don't have as much experience as somebody else, but that could be just you know. I feel like I can learn. I've learned developed some skills to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, bring that at least to myself. Say I'm. I'm capable and I feel good about who I am, what I'm becoming, you know, c- accomplishments, those kind of add to my self-esteem and yeah. how my family views me. I think most importantly, how my family sees me. Right. And here's a question, J Dragon, you could probably um, step in here. What, let's talk about the benefits of self-esteem. You know, for me, it's, you know, leads to, you know, benefits of self-esteem it comes from a you're motivated to improve yourself, work hard, succeed. Uh, it generally leads to good health, mental, physical health. You know, it goes hand in hand with self worth. You know, the higher self worth uh, you have, you stop. You stop. The thing is, with self esteem, the the higher self worth you have, you stop asking, "Am I worthy of these goals?" And uh, you start asking. Are these goals worthy of me? It's it's mm. it changes the frame of things. You know, we started set bigger goals. We uh, don't sell ourselves short. Um, you know, and and self esteem could help with net worth as well too. So, but J Dragon, what's your what's your what's some benefits you see with with uh, having great self esteem? Yeah. I mean, first off, I want to say, you know, I'm someone who's battled with self-esteem a lot. I think there's there's probably shame around it when I look at my shadow self. But, you know, just growing up in an environment with an absent dad and a brother who was, you know, abusive, I, I, I strived to get this acceptance because I had this feeling of not enoughness. So I strived to to look good and feel good and play sports and, and, and be popular and be a real people pleaser. And it's draining. So I think, mm-hmm. first of all, know that it's something that a lot of people deal with, but it's something that I battled with really hard, hardcore. And I worked so hard to fit in, for example, because I didn't think I would be accepted. So I, growing up, did not have a healthy relationship with self-esteem. As it's been something that I've had more awareness of, and I've worked in therapy and worked around people, I've realized that having the biggest benefit is is peace of mind. I think that when you have that acceptance for yourself, and you know, and you know that when you have an issue with it, if like for instance you're in scenarios and you apologize a lot, or you're, you know, like that is a this energy a bandwidth that's just constantly draining. So that opposite of where the benefit comes from is us us having peace of mind, us having this open flow of energy that's coming in and going out. And obviously, if you have self-worth, you're going to have more confidence to be able to move forward to put yourself in scenarios that you feel like you you belong in. And I'm here to tell you, if you need permission, like we're all the same. We're all equal. Like we all belong to do whatever we decide that we want to do. We all have to start in the space that we're at. But the biggest thing that I can say there is once you have that, you have that peace of mind and that coherent energy to be able to move forward and flow in a positive direction instead of being, you know, complacent and stuck and overthinking and ruminating in your head. That's a good point. 
the question I ask is, how do we know if we have self-esteem? You know, Jay Dragon could look at his past and look at where he is now and see how well he's improved. But when you have this question in front of you, I, I've, there's, there's a couple answers to this. Um, one is, you know, the extreme end, you know, there's depression, alcohol, uh, drugs, bad food choices. Um, you're sensitive to criticism, you know, toxic relationships. You have um, the tendency to put false fronts, you know, to impress others, you know, your poor work performance. Um, uh, you know, these are signs of, of lacking self-esteem. Um, and another one is taking inventory of people in your life. Um, are they motivating or putting you down? Usually, usually when you have people that are putting you down you're to and you're tolerating this, that's a sign of your, your self-esteem and self-worth is needs, uh, improving. So, um, but I think the main point, and you guys could chime in with this, but I think that one of the main points with self-esteem is the when you when you ha when you don't have enough, you sort of fall short or you sort of give up on your goals and dreams. Um, uh, what do you guys think about that? James? Yeah, having I guess that's appropriate, right? Assessing your dreams and saying, "Is this really for me?" There's been many times where. You know, I was making music. I was not as confident of a producer as I am now or an artist. Um, there'd be moments to where, you know, I was I was scared. Sometimes I still get anxiety before I get on this on the stage, but I've just redefined what that feeling is. It's, it's anxiety. I've been able to identify it as opposed to uh, am I capable of giving a good show? Am I capable of engaging my audience? I can do that. I know I can. I'm a people person. But um, similar to Jay's experience, that came through a place of like wanting acceptance and wanting to be, wanting to have approval because of um, one, my relationship with my dad growing up very young. I didn't feel like I was the athletic or the manly or the, the epitome of manhood as what, you know, I saw him reflecting. You know, he was the macho guy. He wore the half cut off tank tops. Like my pops was swole. He was five foot nine, swole, you know, had the Jerry curls. He was that guy probably in the seventies that had the confidence or had the cockiness, always dressed well. And I guess as a kid, he wanted me to be like that guy. And I didn't feel that because I felt like I was always in a place of disapproval. I wasn't meeting his expectation. And later on in life, when I moved to Virginia, you know, we had this disconnect in college because he wasn't there. He wasn't there now to even be a part of my life and have that say so or to give me advice because we weren't really speaking. So I would see my friends. And I'm like, man, how do you know to think that way? How do you know to make that decision? What that leads you to believe or move the way you do? Because I don't feel like I know where I'm going at all during this, you know, 18 transition to actual manhood stage in my from my teens to my 20s it was like I just I don't feel the same way that these guys feel about where they're going and it's it's really bothering how I feel about myself those are time of the toughest uh years of my life that transition I started hanging out with guys off off the campus start getting into things that like you know 
growing up in the church, you would never think I'd be be involved in, you know, some of the things I was involved in and hanging out more late, out late at night, streets with people that I barely knew, but I considered to be, you know, brothers at that time because they accepted me because I was always good with numbers. I can help, you know, plan and organize thoughts that they wanted to do, which were, they were really up to no good, honestly. And if I could change it, I would. Did I learn some things there? Yeah, I learned a lot about myself. Um, but that those are some things that affected my confidence. How you said it led to poor decision making later on. That's exactly what that lack of confidence did for me during those years of transitioning to manhood. Because I didn't feel adequate. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. So uh, anything to add to that, Jake? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, the solution oriented, when we're thinking about it, we have to realize that, you know, us taking these steps and learning is, is, is part of the process. Um, our self esteem, our self worth is, is going to carry over into just, you know, it, it's how we view the world. It's how we feel like that we, we deserve something. I think putting yourself in an environment that fertilizes the, that is uplifting that you're in an area that you, you have people that are supportive of what you're doing and believing, and you can be around those, those people in a positive you know environment. Um, but I think there's, there's work that has to be done with a lot of people. You know, there's these limiting beliefs that they have that they have to address. Right. And that goes, and I think that's goes straight into the, 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 I have five ways to increase um, self-esteem. Mm. And one of them is actually the first, the first point you hit on is recognizing and replacing those self-defeating thoughts and distortions. Mm. You know, there's, there's a time and place to talk tough to yourself when you, when you need that extra push and discipline. But outside of that, that, that how we talk about ourselves, that internal dialogue we have, uh, and those belief systems that Jason just We'll continue on to talk about. Yeah, if you want to expand on that, continue on that, Jason. Yeah, I mean, so when we have an awareness of what we've been limited because of the conditioning that we have in our head, and we can learn to reshift that and focus into, you know, putting on a different lens. For example, like imagine you you're at a block right now, and you maybe you feel don't deserving to build a following on social media or find that lover that you have because you've had some past relationships in the past, you have to put these new lens on as far as, you know, what is, what are the virtues or values that, that, that you value the most that you need to be able to become and live and have confidence. And then it's reshaping the identity. And for me, that's something that I can give you is I had to start say like, this is like me to be confident in this situation. It's like me to rise to the occasion. And it was almost like I was brainwashing myself because I was to get rid of this limiting um, conditioning that I had and re redo this. For me, it was moving away. When I moved away from Oregon and I moved to Arizona, it was like a fresh start for me. I was like, all right, like I no longer, you know, I'm in this environment where I was like, you know, the, the guy that was small for my size, you know, kind of the late bloomer, um, the, the funny kid that nobody took serious. Like I was able to go restart this new identity of becoming the person that I strive to be 
And, you know, in putting those action steps out, the more I, you know, I took those actions, I rose to the occasion and then I, you know, journaled about it and thought about it and I said, that's like me to rise to the mm. occasion. I always rise to the occasion. And you start to get traction. You get those small wins. But I think that's one of the most important things is starting small, like having confidence, putting yourself out there and having an intrinsic motivation and confidence, doing things because it makes you feel right, not not to get that acceptance from others. And I've worked and fought so hard to fit in and look cool and act like I wasn't trying to do it. And it wears you out. But it's like when you can be comfortable in your own skin, it's energizing. It changes the chemistry in your body. You feel like you can look at things and think like, mm -hmm. oh, anything's possible. So taking those steps is like when you take care of your body. For me, I knew that if I could take care of my health and build some muscle, for me, that was building consistency. I went in, I set, and I was determined to do something when I wanted to take it easy, when I wanted to quit. I was going to do it. I had a little bit of this darkness that was fueling me to get started, but then it became my new identity and the discipline that I formed to be able to keep going. As I took care of my health, I had more energy. When I had more energy, I would go after more challenges. And even those smaller challenges created some wins. And then I went to sleep with peace of mind. I got better sleep. I woke mm -hmm. up. I felt better. And it was a cycle compared to that cycle of wearing yourself out constantly striving to improve and impress these people and doing stuff for instant gratification, that's going to take you down that negative cycle of emotions. And the last thing I'll leave you with is, is when we talk about emotions, whether you've ever checked out any Joe Dispenza or not, just try on the idea of what an elevated emotion is. Imagine your high confident self, you know, stepping on stage or, or really swinging after whatever it is, taking some opportunities and achieving that and really close your eyes and think like, what would it feel like? And what is it you're trying to achieve out of this? Is this a certain amount of money in your bank account? Is it you walking with confidence, holding hands with, you know, that significant other? Is it you building that family? Like think about how those emotions feel. And we know the power of negative emotions and how can, they can affect our chemistry in the body in a negative mm -hmm. way. It can make our heart elevate. Like, but at the same time, take that with the positive emotions. We can, jumpstart ourselves into feeling more confident and know that the step is taking those actions, seeing it and believing it. And we can rise up to that because that's what we're designed to do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So we talked about what is self-esteem. We talked about the benefits of self-esteem. Uh, we also spoke about how do we know if we have self-esteem or not. And let's talk about five ways to in increase and improve your self-esteem. Uh, and here's the thing. Parents, a lot of times, mean well, uh, but they don't always, always contribute to our self-esteem and self-worth. You know, great parents, mm -hmm. uh, loving household, we may or may not have that, and that's normal. Um, you know, and the, the thing is, self-esteem as well as in our adulthood, it's vo volatile. It changes over time. Um, sometimes we have it, sometimes we don't. Um and so what we have to do is really take assessments and really look at ways we can always, it's, it's like a fuel. You always, you always feed, feed in the fire. So, so you have, you have to keep, keep on feeding that fire to build and grow that self-esteem and that self-worth. Um, and so let's look at five ways to increase the, and improve that your self-esteem. 
Um, number one is recognizing and replacing self-defeating thoughts and distortions. You know, mm. talking tough has its place in in um, in, in when you want to get something done and you and you want to, you know, you have that you want to build that discipline. Talking tough is great, but it has its place. But like mm. the rest of the time, like twenty four seven, when if you're always talking down to yourself and always having self defeating th thoughts, that's not that's not helpful. That's totally different from tough talk. Um, you know, you guys have anything to add to that? Yeah, man. I was watching this movie. You know, I'm a big movie watcher, so a lot of my references come from movies. I watched a movie with Adam Sandler. Um, in this movie called The Hustle. Great movie. Um, one of the scenes that I love most is uh where the guy would be so distracted with how people talked about him or his family because he really didn't have the confidence then to say, they're just trying to get in my head. This is a distraction from my focus. So he was giving them tough talk. He's talking about his mom. He said his mom was a this, his mom was a that. Yo mama jokes, right? And then he's doing his drills and also trying to take in his feedback because the last game he played, he lost it. He lost his, you know, his sugar honey iced tea and like almost punched the dude in a in a game, almost missing his opportunity, right? So as he's doing this tough talk, he's now being able to like, okay, I'm so used with this tough talk now, I won't be distracted next time. And I'm not saying that that's a situation where you should always do that to people or force tough talk on them, but that would be a positive example of the tough talk you're talking about, right, T? Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. Okay, okay. Just making sure I'm in line. That's a good movie, though. <laughs> <laughs> got it got it cool yeah and so yeah so recognizing replacing those self-defeating thoughts and distortions but also recognizing separating that from the tough talk talk which would have its place and time mm -hmm. uh, and its value um another point i, I want to want to make uh is practicing forgiveness of self you know it's uh it's a cornerstone of self-love um but what does that really mean? Practicing forgiveness of self, and in this, there's a book I, I'm reading here, uh, the self-esteem workbook, and it, it sh tells me what forgiven is not. Forgiven is not minimizing the hurt or ignoring your anger, right? Mm. Forgiven does not mean trusting or reconciling with the offender, right? Uh, mm. Forgiven does not mean tolerating bad behavior and allowing it to continue, right? So there's there's T, 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 one yeah. more time for the people in the back, please. One mm -hmm. more time for the people in the back. Yeah. So when you talk about practicing forgiveness, right, uh, and that could be of self, but when we define what is forgiven, we have to define what it is not. And in this book, the self-esteem workbook, it says forgiven, number one, is not minimizing the hurts or ignoring your anger, right? Number two, forgiven does not mean trusting or reconciling with the offender, Right. Number three, forgiving does not mean tolerating bad behavior or allowing it to continue. Right. Mm. And it goes on to define forgiveness as, you know, it's a processing. It's processing. Um, it's having the awareness you have a choice in the matter. It's feeling the feelings of resentment, but moving through these things. And but when I look at self-esteem um, and how it how it connects to forgiveness, you know, it's um, a lot of times it has to do forgiveness, not only about others, but with self. 
And mm. it's for me, it's a cornerstone of self-love. And the way how I see it is um, uh, it, it's, it's always being aware of the blame and shame you put on yourself and always having the compassion within yourself to, to uh, be forgiving and to not let those blame and shame stories and excuses and uh, dominate you. Um, you guys have any feedback on that? J oh. Dragon or Dreams? Uh, big time, big time. It, like as soon as you said that, I thought about myself. And I never really connected my self-esteem with my ability to forgive. Because when I grew up, I felt almost that I was too forgiving of friends to where somebody may take advantage of me. But I was so longing for that type of connection or having a close friend or a brotherhood with somebody that maybe really didn't have interest. But I was able to do something for them. I was able to benefit them in a way to where they were able to you know, learn from this or they were able to learn about music or be in my circle, benefit from my existence, being in whatever I was giving them at that time to where I would allow people to either belittle me or when I was younger, they would talk about my ears or flick my ears and be like, oh, no, but we're friends. You know what I mean? The really, um, you know, name calling, how those things really affect you as, at that age. When at over time, I got used to these things and I became more confident about these. Like, that's just what those things are, you know. But that at time, I feel like not having enough self-esteem by myself, about myself, honestly made me too forgiving in the sense of those three rules you just put down. That's why they hit for me so much. I was like, man, yeah. I've been doing these things. I've been forgiving these people, but not without letting them know, hey, you still hurt me forgiving them and just brushing my feelings under the rug. And it was almost like drinking poison for myself. So thank you, T. Like, honestly, this is therapy right now. Mm, good, good. Hey, listeners, this is Big Dreams. And I just wanted to take a moment to thank you all for listening to today's episode of The Manhood Experiment. Please follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Manhood Experiment. There, you'll find the latest giveaways and some very funny behind-the-scenes moments. Now, back to the show. So, so we have again the five ways. Five ways I came up with of, of um, you know, improving your self esteem, recognizing, replacing the self defeating thoughts and distortions. You know, distinguishing it from um, tough talk. You know, two practicing forgiveness of self, a cornerstone. It's a cornerstone of self love. You know, getting away, getting rid of those blame and shame. And three, mm-hmm. and Jay Dragon could could probably talk about this. It's for me, it's it's all it's also improving your health, mind, and body. Taking care of your body and body appreciation. I feel that once you do this, it it sort of gives back to your self worth and self esteem. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jay Dragon, you want to add to that? Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's something that pays off in dividends when we put in the time and the deliberate, intentional action to improve our body. It's something that we get to see. Those dividends from uh, we're building confidence and consistency, which we we get to reap the 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 fruits that come from our labors, and on top of it, we appear ourselves. We, we've reshaped that identity as someone mm-hmm. that I am someone that takes care of myself. I'm someone that feels confident, and intrinsically, 
you know, you start to feel that way. Extrinsically, you say, all right, I look good and my clothes fit better or so on. But like more importantly, it's it's that swagger that you have because you have confidence. We've all seen those people that, you know, maybe are overweight that aren't super fit, but they Mm -hmm. got a gift of gab because they got confidence. And I think that's something that we can have when we get out and we actually test the we, we test our skill set out a little bit more, but I promise anybody, once you start investing in, in how you're taking care of yourself with your nutrition, the mindset, you know, the diet that you're putting in your, your mind, what you're eating and training, you start to just view yourself as someone Ooh. that takes care of yourself and then your standards will go up for yourself there. So I think that's imperative and it's hundred percent that it will make a difference. One thing you said, when you start working out, you start building the confidence to take care yeah. of yourself better because like the visual and you're right. I think there's another piece to it as well. Um, Cause I know as soon as I start working out, I don't even want to eat certain things. So it's like, dang, I just spent all this time working on my body. I don't want to mess it up now with this ice cream sandwich or with these cookies right now, because I just put all yeah. this time back into trying to build myself up. I don't want that in my body anymore. I want good things for my body. I want good things for myself. So I like it. You're right. Like I just connected those dots. All right, go ahead, T. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's. Jack, are you going to say something? No, I think it's big. You know how we do anything is how we do everything. And if we can look at that, if there's something in our life that we are excelling in, let's say it's, let's say you got your finance game just dialed in, your your business, whatever it is. Like take that same mindset to your training. And and for me, it's something that. You know, I've learned how to train and mix up the programming and challenge myself and put in nourishing, you know, food Mm. because I value that. Well, take that same mindset and apply that to whatever else you're trying to accomplish. And it works. And and it really does. And I think it does because you can buy into you've done it in one area of your life and it spills over for sure. So let's go into the fourth point. Um, it's pursuing a goal and passion that's worthy of you, uh, that gives you a sense of purpose and pride. And this is something it's external of you. Yes. But when you find something that you're passionate about, it just, for for me, example, for me, it's writing. I like to write. Um, uh, and it's a, it's a craft I've been developing over years and years now, and it just gives me a sense of of pride and, and purpose and gives me a form of self-expression. And that in itself just adds to my, just gives me, makes my life valuable, makes me feel mm. more valuable. So it adds to that self-worth and, and self-esteem. So it doesn't always have to be internal, right? It, it could be mm. something external that you feel passionate about, that you crafted, you've been working on. A scu- think about a sculpture that you've been sculpting for years and years, and you have so much pride with it. It gives you so much pride, and that and that could lead to uh, your self worth and self esteem. That's very true. Um, one thing I've noticed: the most confident people that I've met, they have something that they do at a level or in a way that nobody else can do it or they're very confident in their ability to do that or execute that, whether it's singing in my industry, whether it's playing an instrument, whether it's producing or mixing. Um, Me, 
for instance, I never really had that feeling of having that one thing that I do great, right? I've never been an amazing singer. Um, I was never like the best producer starting off. I, that developed over time. And then performing, I would forget my lyrics and performances. But I developed these three things overall. And now I'm like, I can do all three of these things. And that's something that I can be very confident about because some people can be great mixers, but they're not a performer. Some people can produce, but they're not artists. Some people can be artists, but they can't get out the thoughts that make that production or that music work. And because I can do all three, I now develop my own piece of confidence that mm -hmm. I can do these things, three things at such a high level that I can be confident no matter which studio, which stage I go to, what area I go to, I can bring the same me because I have these three things now at a high level, but it took time. Yeah. Yep. So let's go into the fifth point and the last point. It's building awareness of self-worth and separating it from externals. So, mm. and that's the thing with the uh, Generation Z and, and millennials and, uh, you know, a lot of times it's a social media and what mm. we can show we have and the cars, the clothes, the wealth, the appearance, you know, what others think of us. And that isn't, that is a false sense of, of self-worth because the second you take something away, the second you take your, your clothes, the clothes or the car or the wealth away, what does that leave you with? How do you feel inside? And um, so it's, so it's the idea is to separate, uh, keep the, the awareness and keep practicing the, that, keep practicing this, keep this in practice, I guess. So is what I'm trying to say mm -hmm. of separating external things such as, such as, and that, that is not from that, what we're talking about your skill or your passion, but the external things that's not important. That's noise. Like, as I said, the, the, that you want to impress somebody with, and you want to show this is my, where my, um, where my self-worth you, you tie that in with your self-worth. So it, I, I would say um, that is a major point as well. It's sort of, how do I put that in practice? As I said, it's just building your awareness of that hmm. um, and and constantly assessing and, 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 um, and separating those externals from what really matters. Go ahead, Jay. I see you, brother. Yeah, I think just simply asking yourself, instead of what would they mm. think about that? What would people think about it? What would I think about that? You know, am I doing this to gain attention or look cool or fit in? But if you can think like, what do I think about that? Is that something I'm proud of that represents me for who I am, you know, or, or is it a good decision right now mm. with my time or whatever I decided to invest in that? Um, but the more I think we can ask that in our ideal yep. self, if we can get in touch with what our values are and our virtues are, that is a, a good compass, I think, to be able to help with that. That's a perfect point there. That's a great point. Another piece, if I can add to that, when you develop your skill or you've worked enough in the areas where people don't see you, so it's if you're if you're a basketball player, if you shot enough three pointers, you know, when nobody else is watching, to where you confidently can take that shot 
when everybody else is watching. You'll be more confident when it's game time to take that shot. That's just self-confidence in you. So when they say, hey, who's taking the last shot, the game when it's shot, you can confidently say, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready for that opportunity. That's what we spoke about in one of the other podcasts, preparation and being able to prepare for that risk. But um, confidence, like really knowing that you're capable of doing something will help you build that self-confidence and putting that skill to practice to enough to where you're like, I'm I'm capable, I'm able. I I feel this about myself. And um, even me when it comes to fashion, when I was younger, I would buy clothes to fit in because that was the trend. That's what everybody else was doing or rocking at the time. Now, I enjoy keeping up with fashion. It's a passion of mine. And I do it for myself because right. I enjoy the self-expression of clothes and less of materialistic items to where I don't need a $250,000 chain to feel confident. I can go to the store and spend, like I do this all the time. My wife, she's like, how are you able to do this as a man and find a budget of $40 and like have this just a dope outfit? Keep it simple. Shop. I shop on clearance sometimes just because... I'm frugal with my money now that I understand the power of money. I'd rather spend my money to invest in property. You know, you're talking about finances earlier, Jay, and you learning more about things such as finances, becoming more confident about that can make you more privy of your decisions to not make things that are going to essentially put you, you know, in a deficit or put you back. Confidence. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great point where, I like the the point with the clothes, especially where you know it's 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 a point, you know, it's to impress, but then when it be, when you improve your self esteem and self worth and the confidence yourself, that is more the clothes now is is what's a word you use? It's more uh, of a self expression, yeah, self expression. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it, that's a interesting take on 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 that. So we're coming to the end of this podcast, and I just want to recap really quick. Uh, we spoke about what is self-esteem, the benefits, how you know if you have it, uh, and then the five ways to improve it. And again, the five ways is recognizing, replacing those self-defeating thoughts, practicing forgiveness of self, improving your health, mind, body, taking care, body appreciation, uh, you know, pursuing a goal that is uh, or passion that's worthy of you. And then we spoke about, you know, just, just separating the external stuff from, 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 your, from your self-worth, the stuff like the cars and clothes and the wealth and appearance. Um, and Jay Dragon said a great point there. You know, uh, what's, what's the question you ask? Yeah, it's, is this something, instead of thinking, what will they think of me or people think of yeah. me, you know, what will I think of myself? Mm-hmm. And that's building a better... Uh, dialogue with yourself with that confidence exactly and that's such a great question um yeah that's such a great question to to really hone in on that point there so as we wrap up i want to leave you guys with an experiment um this week go journal uh and this is just pick one let's talk about the self-defeating thoughts that you have uh journal what self-defeating thoughts you have and what's the alternative language you can you can use? So you take a sheet of paper and write down all like these are things that always come up in my mental real estate, how I think about myself. Um, and then on the other side, what is the alternative language you could use, empowering language you can use? So do that as an experiment for this week. And we will see you on the next 
Manhood Experiment episode. Thanks for joining us. Hey, what's up? This is Big Dreams. Thank you for checking out today's episode of The Manhood Experiment. If you like today's episode, please subscribe and give us five stars. Not only does your feedback matter, but it helps us to connect with others just like you that find value in our weekly episodes. So subscribe, share, and speak with your friends and family about today's episode. And most importantly, take care of yourself, keep growing, and join us again on the next episode of The Manhood Experiment.